This episode is sponsored by State Farm. You a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Well, look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers. They're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. What's your name? Well, my name is Jim, but most people call me Jim. Live from Joe's mom's basement, it's The Stacking Benjamin Show. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug, and it's National Hammock Day. That's a holiday I can get behind, uh, or on top of. You know, with a beer in hand, Joe's mom's fanning me with a palm frond. Anyway, today we skip the roundtable discussion for a special show on vacation inflation. With prices through the roof on air travel, gas, those little neck pillow thingies, you know, pretty much all things travel, we're helping you save some Benjamins with the help of two special guests. First, let's cut costs on air travel, hotels, and rental cars with the help of the guy behind the All the Hacks podcast, Chris Hutchins. And then, to milk every last dollar for fun, we also welcome the host of George Goes Everywhere, George Igo. And don't worry, we'll take a break halfway through so I can swing in with my trivia. And now, a guy who's going to rock you like a baby as you stack your Benjamins, Joe Saul Sihai. Well, hey there, stackers. It's Friday, and as you know... Normally, we have a roundtable discussion about a popular personal finance piece that tries to get at the heartbeat of what you need to be thinking about. Today's episode is all about what you need to be thinking about, but at the same time does not require a roundtable. It requires us helping you get as much help as possible. Because if you've got any trips planned for the second half of this summer, can you believe that? We're already halfway through summer or early this fall, you already know that there are some issues in the travel world. Number one, you have airline costs through the roof. Number two, gas prices are not down. Hotel prices and Airbnb costs up along with everything else. Simply put, your travel budget, if you tried to lock it in early this year, 
is already a fraction of what you had hoped that it would be. So as Doug succinctly said, we've got a great show today. We've got two guests. They're going to help you experience more and get that enjoyment that you really want out of your next vacation or just frankly, your travel experience. So first up will be Chris Hutchins. Chris is uh, the popular host of the All the Hacks podcast. Chris is also a good friend. I love the fact that when I was in San Francisco for my book tour, he and I got to uh, hang out a little bit there. Chris is one of those guys that, well, like a lot of people, you wish you got to see them more often. So let's begin today's show by helping you save money on the cost of getting wherever you're going, the cost of staying wherever you're at, and the cost of transportation getting you around while you're there. But first, this episode is sponsored by State Farm. You a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Well, look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers, they're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. And now a word from our sponsors at Betterment. Do you want your money to dream big? Do you want your money to be a total self-starter? Are you annoyed that your money doesn't work hard enough? Well, don't worry. Betterment is here to help. Betterment's the automated investing and savings app that makes your money hustle. Their automated technology is built to help maximize returns, meaning when you invest with Betterment, your money can auto-adjust as you get closer to your goal, rebalance if your portfolio gets too far out of line, and your dividends are automatically reinvested. That can increase the potential for compound returns. In other words... Your money's breaking a sweat while you can be breaking bread. You'll never picture your money in the same way again. Betterment, the automated investing and savings app that makes your money hustle. Visit Betterment.com to get started. Investing involves risk. Performance is not guaranteed. Slashing air travel, auto travel, hotel stays, Airbnb costs, and your rental car. Here's Chris Hutchins. Coming back for a return trip to the basement, but this time all by himself, not on a, not on a round table episode. Chris Hutchins is back. How are you, man? I am good. I'm so happy you're here because I have to tell you the downer part of this is that my, my brother died back in December. He was a big fan of auto racing and we all made a commitment that we were going to go back to Kalamazoo, Michigan, where there's a NASCAR sanctioned track. And I know what a big NASCAR fan you are, Chris, so I'm sure you already knew I've that. I've been to Daytona. Isn't it fun? Daytona's it's way so fun. Much. Well, first off, sorry yes. about your brother. Well, thank you. Yes, Daytona is a, yeah. a riot. I actually, speaking of death, the one time I went to Daytona was the year that Dale Earnhardt died. I was, I was there. And that wreck looked like nothing, by the way. It looked like nothing. But anyway, so we all made a commitment at my brother's funeral that we were going to go to this thing, the Kalamazoo Clash, which is like their big summer event. So- I start looking at tickets a couple of weeks ago. What was four hundred dollars, nine hundred dollars? 
I mean, airline prices through the freaking roof, Chris. I am trying to help our au pair get to New York. And she's like, I'm really flexible. I'll do anything. And it's like six or 700 bucks when it used to be 300 bucks. Yeah. I don't know what's going on. Unless you want to fly to Hawaii in October. We just booked round trip flights to Hawaii in October. It's like 300 bucks round trip. So I don't know. There's the silver lining. Hotels aren't cheap, but if you want to fly to Hawaii from the West Coast in October, <laughs> it's really good. That's it. That is good. I, just, I can't make, and I want to go to Kalamazoo, Michigan. Nobody else wants to be on that plane. Why is it $900 to go to, I don't know. Anyway, so let's dive into this. With prices through the roof now, if we've got either late summer travel plans or fall travel plans, the game's kind of changed, right? If my budget's the same, more of it is transportation costs, less on other things. So kind of frame this for me. If I'm going to start travel hacking, if I'm thinking about traveling later this summer, this fall, where do I, where do I begin? Let's kind of break it down, right? When you're going on a trip, you got to get there. You got to get around and do stuff when you're there and you got to sleep somewhere. I know we're going to talk a lot about things to do in this episode later. So let's not talk about how to make the most of your on the ground spending money when you get to a place. So we're going to get there. And if you're driving, your big cost is gas. And if you're flying, it's the plane ticket. So if we split those two out, I would say flights. I think Google Flights is the tool to make it much easier to do flexible search. So it used to be, oh, I want to go from here to there. I got to search from here to there. Change the day, change the airport. With Google Flights now, when I'm searching, I'm looking at from SFO, from SJC, which is San Jose and Oakland. So you could put multiple from airports, multiple to airports. You could click the date and say, look at a calendar, be like, which day is going to be the cheapest? And all that price searching works with different filters. So if you say, I only want to change planes once, or I want to keep it under 12 hours, like I'll change planes, but I'm not going to sit overnight in Minneapolis to make this trip happen. This time of year, Minneapolis though, come on, yeah. beautiful. No, but overnight, it's, I don't know, maybe Mall America's open late. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so that's what I use. And I'd say you can go and filter out airlines. For me, there's almost no price where I'll fly Spirit after some experiences I've had, but I know other people have had great experiences. So I use that and I kind of map it all out. So that's if I'm buying the tickets. The other side of travel hacking is if you have some points lying around, whether they're with an airline or a credit card, you can always transfer those points to an airline or if they're already in an airline and book with miles. The big trick there is that mileage availability becomes much more open last minute. So if you're really flexible and you could say, oh, well, maybe we'll take a last minute trip. My wife and I do this a lot. We say, we don't know where we're going to go, but we know we're going to go this week and we're just going to book whatever's really cheap that week. Mileage availability becomes cheaper last minute. Yes. They're just trying to fill planes. Cause usually, you know, like, like if I'm planning a trip, like I'm planning a trip to uh, see Christmas markets in Europe in December this year, right? We're going to do yep. this thing in Europe and I'm already looking at my miles and, you know, Delta airlines tell me there's three left. There are three seats left using reward miles. You're telling me that's not necessarily true. Well, there's three at the price they're showing you now. There's probably, mo I, I doubt the plane's sold out already. A lot, most of these airlines have switched to this dynamic pricing. So it used to be really easy. It's like, if there's cheap availability, it's price A. And if there's not, it's two times price A. Now no, it's no, all I'm dynamic. Talking, but I'm talking specifically about reward miles. So I'm assuming they have X number of planes or X number of seats available for reward miles. Or or is that- So that, that concept is kind of, Delta will sell every seat with miles. 
but they'll sell them at different prices. So there's three seats left at 100,000 miles. If you buy those three, they'll say, well, now we have three, but they're 200,000 miles. And I've seen Delta flights where to buy a flight to Japan was like 975,000. I think I've even seen a round trip over a million miles. That's where it's like, there's not a lot of seats if you want it. But last minute, I found really great deals to the point that I would encourage anyone who's booked a flight with miles to, because now with all these flexible change policies with airlines, you can usually cancel or change your mileage trip for free up until pretty close to departure. I always just look a few days before. And and even one time we looked at the airport and we we're like, wow, we could rebook this for 25,000 miles less. So we just rebooked it at the airport and, and went. So last minute with miles on flights can be a really good deal. I should say on Google flights, one of the cool things, you don't need to put a destination in. So if you're like, I want to take a trip this summer, you're willing to fly from these three airports. You want to fly this week in August or September. You can leave the destination blank, hit search, even go and filter only one-stop flights under 10 hours, and it'll just show you a map of the world, and you can look, where can I go, and how much it will cost. And you can kind of say, wow, we were thinking Europe, Portugal's the place to go because the tickets are 800, everywhere else is a lot more. How easy is it to transfer airline miles? You talked about airline miles from maybe one airline to another airline. So I'd say there's two things. There's one, if you have... Capital One, City, Chase, Amex points. All of them have somewhere between 8 and 20 partner airlines. So you can transfer the points from Amex and you can transfer them over to Air Canada and book through Air Canada's mileage program. And then each airline, most airlines, I should say, are part of SkyTeam, One World, or Star Alliance. So if you have Air Canada miles, you can book on United, uh, Lufthansa, etc. So if you have United miles, you don't have to fly United. You could book a Lufthansa flight, a Swiss Air flight, uh, an Air Canada flight, kind of any of their partner airlines. And depending on the airline, sometimes they don't have a great search functionality. And you can actually Google like Star Alliance search awards. And they're like, oh, do your award searching on United's website. Because they have all the partners there, whereas some airlines aren't as good. Fortunately, if you're in the U.S., Delta, United, and American, they all have pretty decent searches with all their partners. So does Alaska. And so if I'm looking for a trip and I've got United miles, I'm going to go to United and search around and see what I can find. It's not as easy as Google Flights. You can't say, I'll go anywhere. Show me where it's cheapest. So you kind of got to say, I want to go here. And every now and then I'll do a search and it'll be like, oh, I want to go here. And it's like, oh, that's a horrible connection. But the connection's in Frankfurt. What if I search Frankfurt? Oh, it's really easy. It's direct flight and just low mileage. So you kind of got to play around a bit more with miles. But the upside is that if you make it work, you know, you just pay taxes, which can be a whole lot less yeah. uh, than buying the ticket outright. I was told at one point that I may get a better deal. I might score a better deal. Let's say that I'm on Americans website and I'm finding X number of reward miles, but I find out that this flight is also in coordination with Air France. So I go to Air France's website. I find that I can get a better deal with their point system yes. using my American Airlines miles than I can with if, if, if I use the American Airlines system. Is that a thing? Yeah, yeah. So in this case, Delta and Air France are partners. And if you want to book an Air okay, France flight... so I got that wrong. You can see how often I did that. No, no, no. But the general <laughs> premise is totally true. And so there's a site I love. It's called point.me. That's just the website. It's not free. But if you subscribe, you can go in and say, I want to go from San Francisco to Paris. And they'll come back and, and you can tell them, I have 
chase points and united points and delta points and they'll say okay based on the points you have in these different places here's how you can do it it's kind of cool they pull up a thing and it's like if you had transferred them from amex to air france it would be thirty thousand miles if you just book it with your delta points it's seventy five thousand miles that's a great tool uh if you use the promo code all the hacks your first month is only one dollar so I was going to say I've heard this before. <laughs> uh, now I know where I've now I know where I've heard this before. <laughs> yeah. Are we are, are we going to make sure we get all your sponsors in here? Yeah. They they're not uh, I don't think I've actually made money from them. I have to check. Uh they're not an official sponsor. I just worked a deal with them. I, I might be an affiliate, but I don't think I've actually ever made money. But Got you. I just right. want people to be able to test it out and use it. So, if you find there are other people online if you search there's some $1 uh, promo code or 24 hour promo codes that other people have. So if you find one of those, you can get a day for free. Um, but I think it's a really good search. It's not as flexible. You can't say any days, but you can see across all the mileage programs. Those are great airline hacks. What about, what about if I drive? Yeah. So driving, I mean, the cost is gas. Kind of so, is what it is, isn't it? <laughs> I mean, the only hack is, I guess, if you're driving, how do you save money on gas? <laughs> Gas Buddies, great app. Search around. If you're not driving a lot, worried about prices in some cities, I could tell anyone coming to the Bay Area, there could be a gas station half a mile across the street that charges 20% more. And yeah. 20% more used to be like cents. Now it's measured in dollars. <laughs> right. And so that's a trick. If you're spending a lot on gas, there are some cards out right now that pay, you know, have good gas programs. If you have a Chase Freedom or a Freedom Flex card in Q3, you're getting 5% back on gas. You have to sign up at chasebonus.com, I think, but uh, you get 5% back on gas. There are a lot of those programs that you can sign up for where it's like, I'm going to join the fuel rewards program. You know, I wouldn't pay extra to get rewards, uh, but, you know, sometimes like, you know, Chevron might have the great program, but the gas is more expensive. I did a little evaluation on whether it's worth it to pay the cash price and if it's just 10 cents less on like, at least in California, $6 a gallon gas, you'd be better off if you have a card that earns two or three points per dollar on gas, just paying the credit card price and getting Boom. the points. Yeah. Favorite gas card right now is probably the City Premier, which is three points per dollar on gas, can transfer the points. They have, uh, I think right now, the highest sign up bonus they've ever had of 80,000 points. So Wow. That's a good one. I think I did the math. And if you take the points guys valuations, the sign up bonus is worth a little over 1400 bucks. Wow. So sign up for the card, get higher rewards on gas, get some miles to take a trip or stay in a hotel. And, you know, maybe you can make your whole trip free for one, one card. Want to remind my audience of this, that whenever we talk points, cause we do this fairly often, but, but I always want to bring this up for new listeners. If you don't pay your credit card off in full, forget all this point stuff. Just, just forget it. Just yeah. shove it away. You're still losing money on paying interest on your credit card. But if you're paying your credit cards off in full, then by all means, let's get this done. But it's also add, it's almost never worth it to pay the fee to pay with your credit card. So if someone's like, hey, we mm-hmm. charge you 3%, I think that in there are very rare circumstances, which I won't even get into where that's a good deal. So if you're trying to send a bill and someone says, oh, if you pay your credit card, you can pay 3% fee, it's not going to be worth the points. So if you're already spending money with a card, great. If you're not, not, and like what you said, on all the episodes I've done on credit cards, points, and miles, it's like, caveat, if you are not paying your credit card off in full, <laughs> right. skip this. Right. Uh, right. Don't worry about it. But before we get hate mail on it, what are you doing? You're getting everybody a credit card. No, we're not. 
But regardless, if I'm taking a good road trip, I'm going to be staying at hotels. If I'm going to destinations, this is, you know, I'm staying at hotels. If I'm flying someplace, this is an area where I always see Chris Hutchins eyes light up. We start talking about hotel deals because I know that you've stayed in some pretty badass places for little to no money. Yeah. So I think there's kind of three, I'll, I'll break hotels into three things. One, it's like, if you've already decided where you're going to book, you don't need any advice there, but there's some tricks to get upgrades and perks. One is, you know, if you have points, unfortunately, a lot of the credit card programs that let you transfer your points to different hotel groups, uh, the transfer rates are just a lot worse than they are for airlines. So for some reason, most airline points seem to be worth over one cent and most hotel points are worth way less than one cent. And so if you can transfer one-to-one to airlines and hotels, you should probably be transferring to airlines and get a lot more value. The exception being Hyatt. Hyatt's program is much more points being valued on par with airlines. So I'm fully endorsed transferring your points from Chase or Built to Hyatt. The other ones, it can work on the lower end, but if you're trying to splurge on something luxurious, I would say that's not not a great option. So from that perspective, you know, you sign up for the cards or stay in the hotel chains and build points that way instead of kind of from flexible points programs. I think the best offer there right now, Marriott has a card that with their sign-up bonus, you get five nights free uh, in a Marriott property up to, I think, 35,000 wow. points a night. So wow. that's pretty awesome. If if you value it in its fullest, it's like a probably $2,500 or something. Yeah. So that's a cool offer. If you want to pay for a hotel, I would say I, I just kind of am like searching online and find various places. Sometimes TripAdvisor has a lot of hotels. I never book on TripAdvisor. They have a lot of mix of hotels and guest houses and condos and Airbnbs, but it's tough. Like there's not, sometimes it's just really hard to find a hotel deal. You know, you could switch to Airbnb and Verbo, although I just want to call it VRBO. I just, I, can't, too. I, hate, I can't say I Verbo. I just before, just before you and I talked, I was two minutes late to this because I was booking a VRBO. I was booking VRBO right now. Yeah. So the one cool hack in the VRBO space, if you take a picture, and this maybe works more internationally, but if you take the the main picture of the property and you save it to your computer, and then you go to Google Images and do a Google image search for that picture, you can sometimes find the same property listed on like 20 different sites. So Mexico is pretty notorious. So every villa or house you can rent in Mexico is listed on Airbnb and VRBO and like all these sites. So you take the image and do an image search. It'll help you find all the different little like property booking agency websites. And the prices are different on all of them. Of course, that's crazy. So you might find the same thing on Airbnb, but then be able to find it. And maybe you get lucky and you find a website the owner made and you can book it directly with the owner. And now you're not paying the Airbnb fee. You're not paying extra because I'm sure they're losing a fee to Airbnb also. And so there's a lot of ways to kind of find different places. With hotels... I don't think there's a perfect answer, but I will share like the best hack of all time. Every I'd say once a week, I get a great success story of someone using it, which is book directly with the hotel and email the hotel before you get there and say, hey, I'm coming to stay with you. I'm really excited. Um, you know, can't wait to check it out. It doesn't have to be super specific. If you're celebrating something, tell them. I have had... At least 100 people in the last few months email me and say, we got upgraded. We got a bottle of wine. 
One time they embroidered their initials on the pillow in the room. What? Um, yeah, no way. No, it's crazy. Someone's got free cocktails sent to their room. They got free breakfast. Um, you know, high-end places. Uh, you know, it has to be the kind of hotel that either has a restaurant or has suites or something they could upgrade you to. But someone emailed me today and said, hey, I used it on the last three hotel stays. I got wine, fruit, early check-ins, and upgrades. It was amazing. I, I can't believe I hadn't been doing this. If you can't get a good deal on the price, at least book directly with the hotel and then get those perks. If you're splurging for something five-star, you can usually get benefits booking through a travel advisor. I know it's like a travel agent seems kind of old school, but on the higher-end properties, think like St. Regis, Ritz-Carlton, you know, even up to like Amman and Four Seasons, yeah. most travel agents have a relationship with a couple of programs, Virtuoso, and, and a lot of these pro- hotel chains have one, where you get a property credit, you get an upgrade, you get free breakfast, you get early check-in or late check-out, and you get all of that for free. Some of those perks guaranteed, like the breakfast isn't like, if we have it, it's like you get it, and you pay the same rate. You know, you can search around for them. We have one that we refer people to and they don't charge for the bookings and if you go to all the hacks.com slash upgrades you can just email us and we'll help but it's only for the higher end properties for for the yeah. five star kind of more expensive splurges the, on the others just email them i've seen everything happen and it doesn't cost a thing just those breakfast spreads at the four seasons or just get me excited <laughs> a free breakfast buffet is like the cornerstone of an incredible vacation but for like, people that have never had this type of buffet, like they've just been to the old country buffet or the whatever, you know what I mean? This is not that kind of buffet. No. This is this is amazing. Yeah. And when it's free, I'm like, my wife and I are always like, okay, we're going to go down to breakfast at like 10 and we're going to make it breakfast and lunch because yes. we're going to sit there looking out at some ocean for, we're going to have an hour and a half breakfast. This is probably a pre-kid story. Now it's like scramble, grab all the food. <laughs> but, um, you know, it's like, well, first we're going to make a trip to omelet station. Then we're going to make a trip over to the pastry table and maybe I'll order a smoothie and uh, get some eggs Benedict. I was sitting overlooking the Dead Sea on this beautiful veranda with the omelet station, all that behind me. And I could have, I could have sat there all day. Like it was, it was amazing. Oh, we didn't mention the fact the Euro is, uh, as we're recording this pretty much at parity with the dollar. So maybe now's the time to go to Europe. <laughs> well, that's good. I'm glad cause I'm headed to Europe. So that's, let's have more of that. I want to say this at the end too, or, or ask you about this. I'm assuming Chris, the timeshare sales pitch is never worth sitting through to get the free deal. Is that true? Um, I think it depends. You're hesitating. I, I'm hesitating because I get these emails every now and then. Some of them are like, you're at a resort and they're like, hey, come watch this pitch and we'll give you a $100 gift card to the hotel restaurant. And I'm like, do I really want to deal with this? Me and my wife for an hour and a half dealing with this? No. But sometimes I get these emails from like Weston Vacations and it's like, right. I got one that was like five nights in the, or four nights in the Caribbean in a suite for $299 plus $100 or 10,000 points on Marriott. I was like, if this was a trip that we could reasonably take in the next six months, I would definitely do this. So if they're willing to discount something to some crazy degree, absolutely. Now, what, what I want to separate is, there's a very big difference between going to see a timeshare and getting a huge deal and actually buying the timeshare. If you want to buy a timeshare, I would recommend you look on websites. I think one's called like Red Week. Everyone that sells their timeshare takes a loss. 
If you want to buy a timeshare, don't buy it from the timeshare company. Buy it from someone who's trying to get rid of it because they're willing to lose money because yeah. it's just such a – it's not an investment. I am not a fan of that, but I will say there have been times where the incentive to either like go to a resort or to sit through the presentation crosses to where it's like hundreds and hundreds of dollars. And I'm like, you know what? Will I spend an hour to do this for hundreds of dollars? Yeah. And like, I don't know. I'm in business. Lots of us are in business. I kind of like watching these sales pitches and seeing the tactics they're using and thinking, <laughs> you know, like, how's this working? How's the business work? And, you know, I feel bad because, like, there's no chance they're going to break me. Like, I'm not buying the timeshare, but uh, I'll listen to it. That's great. Anything else we need to think about? Well, if you're flying and you need a rental car, I'm not sure when this episode's coming out, but I had the fortunate pleasure to sit down with a guy who runs a company called Auto Slash. And I spent longer than almost any episode I've ever done. And I was like, tell me every single thing there is to know about rental cars. What's the best agency? What's the best codes? What's the best time to do it? How do you do it? 75% of the value that he shared, you can get on your own booking on Auto Slash. The other 25% you kind of have to do on your own. So listen to the episode. But Auto Slash, I had never even used it. I'd actually never even heard of it until I started kind of getting into this space in the last year. But basically, you go in and you say, I have Costco, I have a United Airlines account, I have a USAA account, I'm in AARP, whatever it is. And they go out across all the different rental car companies and they find your rental car, the best deal, and they book it for you. And they almost always are cheaper than the search you're doing on their own. But then they just keep searching and if they find something better a week from now, because if you've booked a rental car in the past, most of the time they're like, you don't actually have to pay. If you don't even show right. up, there's not a penalty. So they just search every single day for the price to go down. And if they do, they rebook it. And he said that on average, the price for the average customer, I think drops like 30% by the time they, they get there. So like, that's a massive savings. So I would check out auto slash if you need a rental car and yeah, I had so much fun on this episode. You could like see my face light up because I was like, tell me about this. And yeah, it was great. Well, this is out on Friday. You and coming up uh, after you, George Igo, of course, from a million stories. George goes everywhere. Going to teach us how after all these hacks, Chris, how do I have a blast in a city with less than a hundred bucks? So that's coming up next. But your auto slash episode should already be out now. So people should go listen to yeah, it. Yeah, definitely check it out. It was a great one. Thank you, my friend. What's coming up next? What are you doing next week? We know we got Auto Slash this week on all the hacks. What's coming up? Yeah, so Auto Slash should be out um, doing an episode uh, with, since we're talking about travel, uh, Sebastian Modoc, who most people probably don't know, but he was uh, he's a writer, and he did an episode, or he was writing the 52 Places. If you've ever seen this amazing New York Times article, if you're needing inspiration, every year the New York Times puts this like kind of beautiful website together, 52 Places to Go. Well, he actually, as part of that job, went to all 52 places in one year. So he spent one week for an entire year going to a new destination from a list that he had researched of the 52 best places in the world to go. So, you know, we go reverse. This, this piece was all about how to save money on the trip. The next is how to have fun, where to go. By the time this comes out, hopefully now or in the near future, I'll have an episode on where to actually go from a man who's probably been to every place you, I, and, and everyone listening has been to combined. As a guy that just got back from 40 cities, I will pass. <laughs> but if I'm doing it, I guess like he's doing it instead of, you know, me just going from bookstore to bookstore and 
few microbreweries, then uh, that that I think it'd be a lot more. Yeah, fun. he's got a whole week wherever he goes, which I think is yeah. a, an amazing way to travel. Much so, better. And if you want to dig into the travel hack stuff, we got a bunch of episodes on travel hacks. I'll send you a couple links in the show notes to the category. You know, we've got everything from points and miles to deals on hotels and all that. You're the man, Mr. Hutchins. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Hey there, stackers. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug. Man, am I ever conflicted. I was all excited about National Hammock Day until I stumbled upon the website of Normandy Law Firm and a page they've got titled Hammock Accident Injury Lawsuit Attorney. Says here, a lazy afternoon in the sun can quickly turn into a nightmare. Awesome. Is nothing safe and innocent anymore? So my question is, what's the largest settlement the Normandy Law Firm lists for a shoulder and back injury? Is it 1.5, 15, or $150 million? I'll be back with the answer after I go check these ropes. Hey, Staggers, it's Military Appreciation Month. You know what that means. We are recognizing all of our stackers in the audience. My good friend Nords, Doug Nordman, who uh, some of you may know, he is a writer in personal finance. He's a guy I'd like to do a shout out to. He is such a giving member of the FIRE community, the Financial Independence Retire Early community. Uh, Nords will do anything for you. It's just, I think some of that comes from his time on a submarine, like my nephew Colin, who's on a submarine right now, and all the work that uh, he did there. Just a super giving member of the community. And you know what? Uh, Navy Federal Credit Union wants to celebrate their members who go above and beyond, not this month, but every month. Navy Federal offers members only exclusive rates, discounts, and tools to empower their members and help them reach their goals. Here's one of their offers in honor of Military Appreciation Month. Join and get $50 when you open a credit card. Of course, you want to have your whole debt strategy planned out, don't you? Don't just go open a credit card willy-nilly, as mom says. Uh, here's a disclaimer. You got to join, open your membership savings account between May 1st and May 31st. So get on it stackers. Annual percentage yield is a 0.25% for membership savings account, $5 minimum balance to open, maintain your membership savings account to obtain the bonus. Visit navyfederal.org for full terms and conditions. That's just one of the things they offer 24 seven help for their U S based service members. They have resources all over the place. Head to Navy federal dot org for full terms conditions and other offers navy and federal is insured by ncua equal housing lender becoming a member at navy federal credit union lets you experience more from everyday commutes to your next big vacation the flagship credit card earns you three times the points on travel so you can get rewarded for wherever you're headed next remember stackers that if you have a bunch of credit card debt you don't want to worry about points. You want to use Navy Federal's ability and their website to help you find your way out of debt by consolidating loans, getting your savings account in order, getting an emergency fund where you need it. Use their ability to help you automatically save and all of the learning you can find at their website. But when you do pay your credit card every month, listen to this, their premium travel card is a low annual fee of $49 and two times the points on all purchases outside of travel, meaning the rewards don't have to end even when the vacation does. And speaking of rewards, if you need a new ride and you haven't yet built that foundation to pay cash for your car, well, the Navy Federal Auto Loan will help you get that new car because applying is easy. You do it on their mobile app, online or by phone, and it's so fast. Get a decision in seconds. What I love about Navy Federal 
They have great rates on auto loans with their car buying service, which is, you know, if you've heard me before talk about this powered by true car, you can shop, compare and save bundles of money on your next new or used car. Navy federal, their members are their mission. Navy Federal is insured by NCUA, open to the armed forces, the DOD veterans and their families. Flagship rates are variable, range between 10.74 and 18% APR based on creditworthiness. ATM fees for cash advances are up to $1 at non-Navy Federal ATMs. Credit and collateral subject to approval. Message and data rates may apply. Visit NavyFederal.org for more information and to apply. Hey there, stackers. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug. Apparently, 3,000 people in America die every year from hammock accidents. What the hell are you people tying your hammocks to? Grenade pins? Looking at their website, these Normandy law firm people have sued for a slip and fall, shock, premise, liability, whatever that is, and a foot injury. But their biggest settlement was apparently for a shoulder and back injury, much like that time I tried to give Joe's mama a piggyback ride. But the biggest hammock nightmare-related settlement of the Normandy law firm, $1.5 million. Hmm, that gives me another idea. Well, thank you, Doug. And I hope that not only did you get our trivia right, but you took some good notes during Chris Hutchins' half of today's show. But now, life is not always about just saving more money. Life isn't always about getting cheaper rates on things. Sometimes... The best things you can do in the places you visit cost very little money. And a guy who knows that more than anyone is from the Million Stories series, George Goes Everywhere. George Igo is a guy who goes to cities across the United States with $100, finds tons of entertaining things. You'll find him on the popular YouTube channel, Million Stories, or just type in George Goes Everywhere and subscribe. You're going to love all the Million Story stuff. You'll also love all of the George Goes Everywhere stuff. I love season one. I was super excited when I found out George had season two now out. So we're going to talk to him about what's different here in season two. But much more than that, about how we go into a place and don't overspend. Here he is, George Igo. And on my dad's shortwave radio, and I believe, by the way, He's in, are, are you in your mom's backyard, George, right now? I am in my mom's backyard in New Jersey right now, yes. It's just, just to get the theme right, I'm in mom's basement, you're in mom's backyard. Right, yes. <laughs> well, and th- that makes sense too, though, George, a guy who likes to save money, right? Just go to mom's house and do stuff here. Free rent, I mean, free backyard for the background, for the video. Right, I mean, it's got everything I need, right? A few miles outside New York City, it's great. It's super. Hey, I want to ask you... Uh, So congratulations on a second season. I was super happy to see that season two of George Goes Everywhere is out. What can people expect that's new in season two that's a little different than season one? Well, I think the uh, episodes are a little more um, focused on trying to have a theme to each episode, Um, not just about saving money, but also having kind of a theme that's specific to that particular city, something that says something about that city. So it's more than just about saving money. It's also about learning something about the location. Boy, you dive into those. And by the way, for people new to this series completely, they missed the first time you and I were together at the beginning of season one. Tell me about that original goal a little bit, George. What's the goal of George Goes Everywhere? Well, the premise of the show is I go to a city and I see 
how much fun I can have without spending more than $100. And so I try to hit maybe five, six different things of all different categories, food, drink, history, culture, art, stuff like that, and just see how much fun I can have with, without, spend, without breaking the bank. Well, and I was super excited because in season two, you went to the most, I think the correct term is badass city of all, Detroit, Michigan, which of course I spent nine years as the Channel 7 money man at WXYZ. I want to listen into the beginning of George Goes Everywhere from Detroit. This is uh, George Goes Everywhere. Let's have a peek. Generally speaking, the brighter color of the ice cream, the better it is. And so this is pretty good, obviously. Hello and welcome to George Goes Everywhere, the show where we explore a city and see as much of it as we can, all without spending more than $100. I'm in Detroit today, so in addition to staying under $100, I want to focus on something else today. See, I'm not going to focus on the things that Detroit has lost, but rather what's replaced those things, what it's found, and what Detroit has become in the decades since its heyday. Like this place. This is the DeKinder Cut. It's a former train track that is now an urban green space. So while I'm here, I'm only going to be going to reimagine places like this. Places that were one thing, but are now something completely different. I, I, moved, keep- I moved back, George, to Detroit for a couple of years, a couple of years ago. I lived there for two years again, and I had never heard of the DeQuinder Cut, even though I'd been there for many years. And I got to tell you, Cheryl and I, my spouse and I would go there all the That's a beautiful space. Oh, yeah. It's amazing. It's long, too. Probably a couple of miles long. It's a really nice uh, urban walkway. They've taken an old railroad track that used to go into downtown, and they've repurposed this gorgeous walkway, and it's alive, and there's... Uh, uh, you're very close to a food market on one end and downtown on another. I mean, you've got all kinds of festivities. But I would think, George, that just the green spaces in any city you go to offer a lot for somebody who's trying to get a city and a feel of a city, but also doesn't want to spend a ton of money. Yeah, I mean, especially like, you know, the Kindercut, it's it's something that says, tells you something about Detroit, about the, you know, them kind of trying to reclaim these things that maybe aren't necessary anymore, things that have left town. And uh, I think a lot of cities have urban spaces like that. I mean, you could point to the um, the Highline Park in Manhattan, if you've ever been there. It's an old yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. railroad track. It's elevated instead of uh, the Kinder Cut is below grade, but that one's elevated. But I mean, I think a good urban green space, yeah, it tells you something about the city and its history. But that also gives you a really good feel kind of for the life of the city. How much time do you spend when you're doing research, talking to locals that are there? Or do locals kind of miss stuff because we always miss what's in our backyard? Like I missed the Dequinder Cut for so long. I'll tell you, it's a mixture of both. Locals know the city better than anyone, of course. But I mean, a lot of times there are, yeah. I go to places that people watch these shows. They say, I've been, I've lived there for 20 years. I've never heard of that. And, you know, that's always a reaction I like hearing. That means I hit my mark. <laughs> right. so yeah, it's a mixture of both, I'd say. I want to listen to a little more Detroit. You went to a restaurant. You go to restaurants in all the different cities, but I want to especially pay attention to this restaurant because, well, let's just listen in to more George Goes Everywhere. So it's time to grab some food, and I think I found the perfect place. It's called Vincetta Garage, and it's an old gas station that has been converted into a restaurant. And I just love that they lean into the fact that it used to be a gas station. Rather than try to hide it, they embrace it, and I think that makes it so much more interesting. So when you come to Michigan, you hear a lot about Coney Islands, which are restaurants that serve hot dogs and, like, other assorted late-night foods. So keeping with that tradition, I wanted to get their biggest and baddest hot dog, the 3 a.m. dog. Dog with an egg and fried onions on top. Oh my god, this is so good! I'm I'm hungry while we're recording this, George, and you're making me even more hungry. Tell me how good this Vincetta Garage is. By the way, you found tons of great restaurants in and around Detroit. You found my favorite restaurant in all of Detroit. What do you use? Do you use things like TripAdvisor. Like, how do you come across? Because I feel like Vincetta Garage is a gem in a city, and if I can find a restaurant like that in every city, like you always seem to come up with them. 
Tell me a little bit about the guides that you use. I mean, I try to just use different terms when you Google things, uh, you know, unique restaurants, unusual restaurants, weird restaurants, kind of try to hit different, different adjectives to describe things and just see what you come up with. Dig deeper on the Google results than you, you might think you have to. Uh, Vincetta Garage is a little bit outside the city center. And yeah. so if you're looking for just inside Detroit, you might miss it. So maybe expand outward a little bit outside the city center, not terribly far, but just a little bit. Oh, that's great advice. I love the fact of instead of garage, they serve your food on oil pans even. I mean, talk about legit. It's it really it's a really fun place. They really lean into it and uh, they were they were great to work with. They were really cool with us. Yeah, it was a great experience. You also go to many other cities, but Denver you went to and you talk about at the beginning of your Denver video about you're at a you're at Red Rocks chatting with the camera. Just a beautiful place, by the way. And you mentioned George that you can often look at the sports teams, right? And in Denver, you dive into the sports teams for some help with the history. Tell me about that, about the relationship with the sports teams and the history of a place. Uh, yeah, well, that's something I legitimately do do is I look at what the sports teams are named and why they're named that. Because sometimes they don't mean anything. I mean, you can look at the New York Giants. That doesn't really mean anything. doesn't tell you anything about New York. But the San Francisco 49ers tells you something about San Francisco because it's referring to the uh, 1849 gold rush. And so that's just an example. And in Denver, literally all the sports teams tell you something about Colorado or Denver. So you have the Broncos, which is the Wild West history. You have the Rockies and the Avalanche, which are the Rocky Mountains. You have the Denver Nuggets, which uh, refers to the Denver Gold Rush. And even their soccer team, the Colorado Rapids, talks about the waterways that crisscross the state. Earlier when I was saying I tried to have each episode have like a theme, that was Denver's theme where I try to do something that relates to each one of those sports teams. Well, and, and let's talk about a couple of those. When you talked about the mountains, right, about the avalanche, you went to an indoor ski place. Like, tell me a little bit about indoor. I'd, I'd never seen indoor skiing before. I've never seen it either. I mean, well, I've seen they have an actual indoor ski slope in Dubai that is actual snow. I've seen that. But this was different. And dare I say it was even better. It was just basically a big inclined treadmill, like a, like a carpet on a big treadmill. And you just get on there, get on your skis, and they just start up the treadmill, and you just have a skiing lesson right there indoors in nice 70-degree weather. Uh, I, was, I did it in shorts and a t-shirt, and I just have an instructor off to the side, you know, pointing out where my legs need to be, what I'm doing wrong, what I'm doing right. Uh, it was the best skiing lesson I've ever had in my life. But then, of course, when it came to the rapids you were able to make sure that you got an alcohol. I, I noticed a theme too, that there, there's a mention of alcoholic beverages in nearly every city. I, I mean, I try to keep food and drink in every episode because people <laughs> like food and people like drink. So that's you're kind doing, of my logic for that. You're, you're doing God's work, George. You're doing God's <laughs> work. Going to the distillery. I mean, who wants to go to the distillery of all places? Ah, oh, man. Oh, that place, the Denver distillery, that place was truly amazing. Um, and the original rough cut, of, of that episode, that segment was a lot longer because I thought it was just really cool. And the people there were awesome and they let us in when they were closed and let us, let us shoot our segment there. But they just, yeah, it's right in the middle of the city. They're distilling all these you know, whiskeys and scotches and gins and everything right there on the premises, right in the middle of the city. It's amazing. Well, and let's talk about this a second because you talk about the rough cut being much longer. I'm sure all of every city you go into, you start with so much video, right? You do so much shooting. But I think this is really an upside, not just of George Goes Everywhere, but of all the Million Story series that, you know, you really pack a punch, George, into a seven-minute episode. Yeah, I mean, that's ultimately, I think, the, the sweet spot for internet content. It's kind of 
kind of bite-sized. You can, it's not overwhelming. People see something that's a half hour, they go like, ah, nah, forget it. But seven minutes, people can handle that on the internet, I think. Yeah, boy, but it's great TV. It is just, it's fantastic TV going through it. I got to ask you a couple of questions. Uh, Well, actually, even before I do those, George, I want to ask you this because I know last time we talked, I think, well, you had recorded most of the cities just before the pandemic. Yeah. Season two, you recorded, I would imagine, during hopeful, hopefully waning pandemic time now. How has travel changed in that time, George? Well, how is it different recording season two than it was recording season one? Yeah, well, season one was done completely before the pandemic. That was all in 2019. Um, season two, we shot this last fall, so fall of uh, 2021. We had to just kind of pick and choose our cities based upon mask mandates because for on-camera purposes, masks aren't great. So that's why we did, we still haven't done any, you know, real West Coast cities outside of San Diego um, because LA, San Francisco, Seattle, Portland, they all had pretty stringent mask policies, which would have, I think, you know, hurt the on-camera product. And so we just had to kind of go to places where they weren't as stringent. That's why we went to uh, places like, you know, Pittsburgh, Louisville, Phoenix, you know, Detroit, all those places were a little more lax in that. So that was definitely a big uh, issue. Certain places we had to be a little bit more careful. There was one spot in Pittsburgh where they said we would be able to not wear a mask, but then when we got there, they said, you're actually going to have to wear a mask. And so yeah. we kind of had to edit around that. I don't, if you really look, you can see, but I kind of yeah. used, you know, a lot of B-roll, a lot of vo- little bit of voiceover and kind of was able to hide it as best I could, but it's there. It is really a, um, when you're a video producer and you're talking to people, it's so hard on one hand, you want to be safe. But on the other hand, uh, we had a few places where we did a million stories backed video series and I interviewed yeah. people I was meeting for the first time. And in some cases they wanted to wear a mask and I was completely obviously okay with that. I thought that was great. But the video quality of somebody who's masked versus somebody who's not is so difficult when you have a video art form. Yeah, I mean, and yeah, like uh, to, I'm not against masks or anything, and I'm not against safety or anything like that. But yeah, yeah when you know you're talking to someone on camera, it's it's about connecting with the viewer, and you know, especially when you're talking directly to the camera, and it does present a bit of a barrier there. So you know, we did our best to avoid it. This also allowed you to shine a light on some cities that people don't think of as tourist destinations. Louisville, which is a town that I've had fun exploring. It usually is halfway between my house now in Texarkana and Mm -hmm. and Detroit, Michigan. So when I go back to visit relatives, we stop there often. And I see this Louisville's one that you don't see. Milwaukee, I think, is kind of underappreciated. Out of all the cities that you've gone to, what is the city that when you tell people, man, you really need to go to this city, people give you more pushback on they're like, what? What? I'm a tourist, George. Why the hell would I go to blank city? What city is that? You took the words out of my mouth. I'm going to say Milwaukee. Is it Milwaukee? Yeah, yeah I, I think. And, you know, because it's so close to Chicago, it's about a 90 minute train ride from Chicago. And everyone said, oh, Chicago's you know great. And Chicago is great. I love Chicago. Don't get me wrong. But uh, Milwaukee for a city its size, and it's, you know, one of the smaller cities that I've done on the show. It's one of the longer episodes of the show, actually. It's the longest episode of season one. And that's because there was just more there than uh, I was expecting. And also, you know, another part of it is that everyone was so friendly there. Everyone said yes to us. Everyone agreed to be on the show. Usually when we, usually when we go to a city, we reach out to like a couple extra places because yeah. people say no to us sometimes, yeah. you know? And so we kind of plan ahead, and it's like, okay, not everyone's going to say yes. Let's pad our uh, who we reach out to a little bit. 
not in Milwaukee. Everyone said yes. And so it's like, all right, great. Let's do them all. And so it's, you know, a lot to do. And they were all super friendly. Well, they're not that far from Canada up there, George. So, you know, where everybody's sure. friendly. So maybe right. there's a lot of Canadians in that, yeah. part, in that part of the world. And by the way, a city that's only 90 minutes from Chicago, but knowing a little bit about Milwaukee, what a different vibe than Chicago too. Yeah, it's a much smaller, you know, just, uh, yeah, yeah. I, I agree. Just a more, more manageable city, I guess. Now, without the other cities you've gone to getting upset, what's your favorite city? Out of all the cities you've been to, there's got to be one you're like, I can't wait to go back. Um, taking New York out of the equation, because I was raised basically five miles outside New York City, so I'm biased there. Outside of that, you know what? I'm going to say Denver. It was Denver. I, I love Denver. It's the perfect combination of like city and nature, you know, because you have that city, everything that a city, a big city affords you, but then you drive not even that far and maybe 10, 15 miles and you're in the middle of nature in the mountains. And it's just a great combination. It's fabulous. One best piece, one last piece. I don't know if the best piece we could do is a sound clip, George, but one little piece of advice. If somebody's trying to save money, travel, have a fantastic experience in a new city, one thing? I would say open yourself up to new experiences. Do things that you might otherwise not do because that's going to ex expand your options profoundly. I mean, if, if it's something you'd like, ah, I don't know if I would do that, give it a shot there because maybe it's super affordable and it's just going to give you a lot more options, I'd say. The series is George Goes Everywhere from Million Stories. It's available on YouTube. So all you do is just put George Goes Everywhere into, into YouTube, subscribe to the channel so you see all the new episodes. George Igo, thanks for hanging out with us, man. I appreciate it. And congrats on a second season. Thank you so much. And thanks for having me. That's going to do it for today. Big thanks to both Chris and George. And as I've mentioned several times, links to everything on our show notes page at stackybedjamins.com. Thank you for hanging out with us today for this very special Friday episode. So happy to help you get better travel. I know what travel means to me. I know what it means to most people. Hopefully we helped you save some money, but still keep all the enjoyment, right? When you travel around the country. Hey, just a couple things. Big thanks to everybody who's left us a review of this show. You know, I have gone back to giving away some of these piles of books uh, that I have here in mom's basement. Often when guests come on the show, they send me a copy of the book to review. And after I review it, I just don't have room to keep all of them. So take a snapshot of the review that you posted, wherever it is that you posted your review, and we will put your name in the hat for a book to be given away each week. And very frankly, while I have been very far behind because of my travel the past year, we've been able to hand out books so far to everybody who's left us a review. That's just how many I have. We've had a lot of people respond and I have a ton of books and it's amazing how this mountain stays about the same size, even though I feel like I'm sending out tons of books. And by the way, I am still running several months behind. So if you've already left me a review, I probably just have not gotten to you yet. But looking at the list, I think I do have room for everyone. But to keep it official, put your name in a hat for one a week, just in case I run out. I don't want any hard feelings. All right, that's going to do it for today. Hey, big thanks to you for spending your valuable time with us. Thanks to our team who helped us put together this pivot from what we normally do on a Friday 
I know Doug has all those things. Well, let's just turn it over to you, man. Doug, what should we have learned today? So what should we have learned today? First, want to save money on your next vacation? Be flexible. By being open to different places and dates, you can score deals all over the world while everyone else visits the expensive spots. Second, listen to George Igo. You don't have to spend a ton to enjoy what a city has to offer. But the big lesson? Why are we celebrating National Hammock Day? Turns out these things are a menace. You know, this holiday just, it exhausts me. I think I'll go take a nap. Maybe go tie some bed sheets up to a tree. That sounds fun and safe. Thanks to Chris Hutchins for sharing his travel hacks with us today. Check out more of his work at chrishutchins.com. Thanks also to George Igo. His series, Million Stories, George Goes Everywhere, is on YouTube and in Season 2 now. This show is the property of SB Podcasts, LLC, copyright 2022, and is created by Joe Salcihai. Our producer is Karen Repine. The show is written by the brilliant Paulette Perhatch, with help from Joe, me, and Doc G from the Earn and Invest Podcast. After you listen to our show, check out the 201 Deep Dives, written by our website manager and blog editor, Brooke Miller. You'll find the 411 on all things money at the 201. Just go to stackingbenjamins.com slash 201. Once we bottle up all this goodness, we ship it to our engineer, the amazing Steve Stewart. Steve helps the rest of our team sound nearly as good as I do right now. Want to chat with friends about the show later? Mom's friend Gertrude is our social media coordinator and the room mother in our Facebook group called The Basement. So, say hello when you see us posting online. Here's a weird fact. Both she and Tina Eichenberg are never in the same room at the same time. To join all the basement fun with other stackers, type stackingbenjamins.com basement. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug, and we'll see you next time back here at The Stacking Benjamin Show. Not only should you not take advice from these dorks, don't take advice from people you don't know. This show is for entertainment purposes only. Before making any financial decisions, speak with a real financial advisor. What do you suppose they call that? A novelty act? I don't know, but it wasn't too bad. Well, that's a novelty. Welcome to the after show. This is the part of the show that doesn't exist. What happens in the after show, guys, stays in the after show. If you need to talk about it, you can call it dessert. Every once in a while, somebody feels the need that they have to talk about it. But if you're here for financial talk, 
that is done. This is just for anything that's on my mind. And what's on my mind actually is still George Goes Everywhere. George Igo, nice enough to join us for an after show. Maybe, George, your most bizarre appearance yet. Because <laughs> yeah, George, right? George, George has no idea what the hell's about to come. But I want to play a clip for you. And I want to talk to you about this. So this is a clip from George Goes Everywhere. Uh, well, let's have a listen. So if you ever wonder why Denver's baseball team is called the Rockies, probably not. Denver's surrounded by the Rocky Mountains. Makes sense. But the thing is, the baseball team isn't the only thing that uses Rocky Mountain in its name. Everywhere you go, things are Rocky Mountain this and Rocky Mountain that. But there's one thing that uses the Rocky Mountain moniker that's more famous or, should I say, infamous than the others. I'm talking about Rocky Mountain oysters. And if you don't know what they are, I'm sorry to ruin your innocence. They're fried bull testicles. But they are considered a delicacy, and I believe you should keep an open mind when trying new food. So I'm unfazed, and I'm going into this with an open mind. Which is why I've come to Buckhorn Exchange, one of the oldest and most famous restaurants in Denver. They're known for their Rocky Mountain oysters, so let's go try some. So so you people can watch the the Denver edition of this to get the whole thing, but Rocky Mountain oysters, George, tell me about that experience. Um, They were better than I was expecting. Uh, you know, I, if you watch that on camera, people have asked if I was lying and just kind of putting it on for camera and saying that they were not half bad. That is not a lie. They were actually pretty good. They tasted like calamari, basically. Yeah. The reason, dude, I'm saying yeah, is when I moved back to Texarkana, I had a friend here who wanted to go up to uh, Hot Springs as a horse race track. And I never go to the horse races and I thought it'd be fun. So he packs a couple of guys and partway there, partway to the track, we stop at a gas station, which is always where you find good delicacies. You know, I don't know if you know that, George, but the finest, sure, sure. finest, finest foods at the Shell station. <laughs> they, and, yeah. and they are serving chicken livers, fried chicken livers. And okay. so I thought, because all these guys are eating them, they get them in this little, I don't know, this little styrofoam thing, and they open it, they open up the thing. I'm like, you want one? And I thought, well, hell, when in Rome, right? I might as well, might as well try it. And yeah. a little gamey, but not bad. But afterwards, we go out for steaks, and as an appetizer, they order Rocky Mountain oysters. How'd you like them? You know, I'm with you. I'm with you. If I if I if I didn't know what they were. I would just go, yeah, yum. Okay. Yeah. It's it's the the first bite or two. I it, it was in my mind. I just had to get it out of my mind what they were. And once I kind of made my peace with that and just sort of moved past that, the flavor was pretty good. They had a, a nice uh, sauce there that went well with it. It wasn't half bad. Did you eat a bizarre food? I'm trying to remember the first time you and I talked. When you were in Dallas, it seemed to me you ate some bizarre food. It was... I ate in Dallas. It was a... Um, Funnel cake, bacon, queso burger. Right, right. So it was a yeah funnel. It was instead of a bun, it was two pieces of funnel cake, and then a bacon cheeseburger in the middle. And it was just it was a little unwieldy, but it was it was good. I liked it. It was a Texas State Fair concoction. Yeah, I, I, and I like how you edited out the uh, the part where you got the angioplasty afterwards. Yeah, no one wants to see that. That's no. you know right, that's Not no one needs to see the part of me yeah having a heart attack. Yeah. Not good video. Have you eaten other strange foods in these cities you've gone to? Um, I try to get sort of um, novelty foods whenever I can. Um, I, I, when it comes to food in restaurants, I figure travel shows are often hosted by chefs who are way better at talking about food than I am. So yeah. I try to go to places where either the location is a little bit goofy or where the food is more of a novelty food. And so I can kind of focus on one of those two things rather than 
just the good food because there's chefs out there hosting travel shows that can do that way better than I can. And so, like, in uh, Philadelphia, I had the Philly taco, which is a cheesesteak with a piece, slice of pizza wrapped around it. Because why not? Because why not? It was amazing. It was better than the sum of its parts. It was so good. But, yeah, like in Dallas, as we were talking, the funnel cake burger. Yes, I try to have things that are a little, little goofier whenever I can. I don't know, though, George. Cheese, steak, taco. Like, none of those words do I hate. And they sound better together. It was great. It was so good. I mean, I, had to, I didn't find it on the menu, so I had to build it on my own. I just ordered a cheesesteak and a, a <laughs> slice of pizza, and I just built it on my own out on the streets. It's the new George uh, meets Philadelphia fusion food, right, of the future. Yeah. Right, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, Stackers, the show is over, but the party is just beginning here. You know why? Because it's Military Appreciation Month, and we are giving out shout-outs to all of our friends who have served in the military and let's point uh, the finger right here at our good friend og who spent time in the military and of course we know what a giver he is even when he pretends like he's being uh, mr surly navy federal offers member only exclusive rates discounts and tools to empower their members to help them reach their goals visit navyfederal.org celebrate and you'll see all their military appreciation month offers and other Navy Federal offers. They've got all kinds of resources on their site, like Best Cities After Service to help veterans transition to civilian life and Best Careers for Military Spouses to support military families. So much going on. Just head over to NavyFederal.org slash celebrate and take a look at all the Military Appreciation Month offers and their usual offers. Navy Federal, our members, are the mission. Navy Federal is insured by NCUA, Equal Housing Lender. 